Welcome back to the Movie Babble Podcast. This week you have myself, Colin, and I'm joined by Nick as we break down the opening weekend for Abominable and Judy, as well as some of the controversies surrounding Joker and The Irishman. Remember, you can check us out, as always, at moviebabblereviews.com. All right, so breaking down this week's top five, we've got Abominable opening up at $20.85 million, followed by Downton Abbey in the number two spot with $14.5 million. Hustlers is in the number three spot with $11.4 million, followed by It Chapter 2 in the number four spot with $10.4 million, and Ad Astra in the number five spot at $10.14 million. so not too far behind It Chapter 2. But Abominable is the winner of the weekend. Not necessarily a massive gross. Um, actually, pretty dismal considering its budget is estimated around $75 million. Uh, so as a studio, you want to be at more than $30 million after your opening weekend worldwide. That is, again, $20.8 million domestic. Um, so this, it's, I feel like this movie wasn't marketed just a ton. Um, so they, you know, probably saved on marketing, but also aren't getting much in the way of returns for that. And it's just, it, I mean, it's about the abominable snowman. It is definitely kind of an odd movie for September. The trailers make it seem much more like kind of a Christmas time release or just winter time in general. And I mean, it's just kind of an odd premise. I'm, I'm really not surprised. It's not taking anything by storm. Yeah, it's. The end of September is a very odd time in movie releasing. So I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole when when doing research on Abominable. And it's it's weird because every single year since 2012, there has been a late September animated release, which is just very bizarre to me. So last year we had Smallfoot on September 28th. Before that was Lego Ninjago on 22nd. And 2016 was Storks on the 23rd. The year before that, Hotel Transylvania, 25th, and the Box Trolls. The year before that, in 2014, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, 2013. First Hotel Transylvania in 2012, and then the year before that, with the year that breaks it, is 2011. We had Dolphin Tale, which is still <laughs> kind of like a family fair, and we also had Lion King uh, 3D release on the 16th of that year. But yeah, the, September is a very, very weird month because it's. It kind of acts like a little like January or February. It's kind of a buffer zone because we, we see it every year where there's a big marquee, big time, either prestige or maybe superhero or comic book uh, release that comes out at the beginning of, uh, beginning of October. And we're seeing that again with Joker. Uh, we had Venom and A Star is Born come out last year in the first week of October. And it's just it's just one of those zones. It's like, all right, we have all these uh, – movies that we're going to try to push for awards that are coming out later this year. So it's like, all right, how do we, how do we kind of budget our marketing? So I guess the rationale is there that, Hey, there's animated movie kind of has a built in audience. I mean, when you buy one ticket, you're basically buying two considering kids and parents at the very least. Um, so, I mean, I guess it makes sense from that perspective. And I mean, obviously all of uh, Hollywood's doing that because it's, been a trend for this long but yeah it's still not a very good start for abominable um i'm sure it'll have reasonable legs because 
Well, I mean, even then it has Adam's family coming out in a few weeks. So that's maybe, maybe not. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird one. Um, it's pretty well received. So maybe, I don't know, maybe there's weak, decent drops week to week, but yeah, this isn't, this isn't a very good start for this movie. Yeah. And it is, so it's a DreamWorks movie, but it's not fully produced by DreamWorks. Um, they had Pearl studio in on this one as well. Um, but it, it's honestly kind of just a weird follow-up to How to Train Your Dragon. And, I mean, DreamWorks has kind of struggled to really stick any franchises other than Shrek. And, uh, actually, Madagascar has been pretty decent success. Um, you know, not nearly as big as Shrek, but they've really struggled to find some tent poles. And so we've seen quite a bit of just odd movies from them. And Abominable is just kind of the latest line of DreamWorks, please watch this movies. Yeah, you're really right. What was the last DreamWorks movie? Oh, it was, it was a, other, other than the Dragon. Yeah, other than other than Trader Dragon was like the Boss Baby, I think. <laughs> Captain Underpants. Yeah, which I actually kind of like Captain Underpants, but it's it's really true because they've been they really have been kind of struggling to figure out what's their next big thing. So they've come out with all these just really bizarre and kind of just crazy just premise, premises, and you even have trolls in there too. And I think there's a troll sequel coming out next year, and it. It's just like it's like Trolls World Tour, I think, is the name of that movie, where it's just just awful music for an hour and a half. So look forward to that, I guess. Um, but yeah, they're kind of in this weird zone where they're trying to create their own IP, which is probably a little easier to do so than in live action. But um, yeah, they're not quite sticking the landing. I mean, obviously, it's DreamWorks. They're not for now. They're not going anywhere. And the Boss Baby was actually really, really profitable for them. But um, yeah, we haven't had a crazy good hit from them in quite some time. Yeah. And even going back, Captain Underpants was like 15 years too late. I mean, those, <laughs> <So true. laughs> those books were popular when I was in kindergarten and that was in 2002. <laughs> um, so it just, it just feels really odd. And even Trolls was kind of a dated property. Um to make a movie of in 2016 and it i mean it did all right and it got a sequel but they've just had some some weird movies coming out and um you know even with the later shreks they've just been kind of missing the magic they had with shrek and with shrek 2 and you know every now and then they'll they'll come out with a culturally impactful movie like b movie but uh <laughs> overall it's, it's kind of a rough go which is funny because you know other than pixar they're probably the biggest animation studio that puts out films regularly um and so it's it's just odd to see their actual track record yeah it feels like pixar and disney have really kind of just taken over their territory right because i i even i even think when captain underpants came out that was released the same weekend as wonder woman so they've they've even had trouble kind of finding like planting their flags okay we're going to release an uh, untitled DreamWorks movie in 2021. And like you kind of see what you kind of see with other big time animation houses. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, yeah, they're doing okay. And all these, they're getting sequels made and everything like that. But um, it's there. You can, you can definitely feel the, the gears turning. It's not very fluid and they're really, they're really trying new things all the time. So yeah, it's abominable probably won't <laughs> lead to much for them, but uh, you never know. We have, I guess, look forward to Trolls 2 next, coming next year. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, the important thing to note with DreamWorks is they have a lot of movies that just kind of don't make an impact, but they don't necessarily have a lot of flops. So while they're not, you know, getting these monster successes like Shrek 2, they do have, you know, Kung Fu Panda 3 that 
pulled in a little over 500 million. Boss Baby did the same. How to Train Your Dragon did the same. And so they have these nice, steady boobies that are there and make a decent amount of money and just churn out more sequels. Yeah, and they also do a really good job of they have some TV animation as well and other properties, so they do a really good job there. So they're not going anywhere. They're fine. <laughs> yeah, um, so we'll move on. And the number two spot was Downton Abbey, uh, which uh, did have a 53.3% drop, but is still just been a really solid success. I mean, it's just a testament to how big of a fan base this TV show turned movie has. It's already at 107 and some change worldwide, 107 million. And it's just, people love this. <laughs> I mean, like it's, it's got a very dedicated fan base and they're showing up to the theater for it. Yeah. It's already focus features his fifth highest grossing movie of all time domestically. And it'll, it'll pass a lot of those movies probably next week. We have, it's at sitting right around 58.5 uh, domestically. And we have burn after reading at 60 and London has fallen at 62 and, Coraline at 75 and the highest of all time is Brokeback Mountain with 83. So who knows, maybe over the course of next week and over the weekend, it might be get close to that Brokeback Mountain mountain number, but yeah, really good job by Downton Abbey so far. Just (laughs) this fan base is fan base is crazy. It just feels like if you've watched the show, you really like, you really, really like it. I don't really see any dissenters against Downton Abbey out there. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) so it's, yeah, that 53% drop uh, isn't great, uh, but it kind of makes sense because you figure it's a continuation of the TV show. So you figure all the fans are going out opening weekend and anyone who's really watched, who hasn't watched the show, like myself, uh, you're not super jazzed to go out and see this movie. So it would kind of make sense that all the fans go see it and then the the second weekend drop is a little more steep. That makes a little sense there. But yeah, you can't really be mad at all. This movie is doing killer business for focus features. Um, yeah, it's just, you really can't complain whatsoever here. Yeah. And I've seen estimates on its budget from anywhere from 13 to 20 million, which is still pretty small overall, especially considering just how big this cast is. Um, so it's, it's definitely a cheap movie to get made and they've more than made back their budget. It's just been a nice little hit. Uh, so don't be surprised if Dalton Abbey returns again in five, 10 years. Yeah, well, they've uh, focused features we've ever since the movie released. They've kind of been hinting that there might be another movie in the works. Uh, so, and that would be really smart for them, considering this is one of their best hits of all time. So, I guess strike while the iron's hot there. And yeah, and it makes sense. This movie is mostly in a house. It's a very ornate house, but it's the house nonetheless. Uh, so, very even with the cast, it's pretty easy to get shot and all that. And just. You have really you have people in nice costumes just saying very British things and people really like it um, and good for them. Uh, we'll see how this movie progresses in the next few weeks, but I see this movie sticking around for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, my uh, grandma's nursing home alone is probably keeping it open. So, <laughs> as are many go. other nursing homes around the country. <laughs> Um, so we'll move on from Down Abbey and talk about Hustlers, which only had a 31.8% drop and has just done phenomenal business. I think this is definitely one of the bigger surprise hits of the year, um, just in, in the fact that it's kind of made more money and stayed a little bit more consistent than anybody really thought it would. Um, nobody really knew where to peg this movie or what this movie was until it came out, and it's just almost at $100 billion or hundred million worldwide. Um, and it's just done really good business. Like it's, it's, it's making more money than anyone thought it would. 
Yeah, so it's already the third highest movie in the history of STX Entertainment uh, after 17 days, which is pretty crazy. And it's so the highest uh, grossing movie domestically all time for STX was Bad Moms, which obviously was a really big deal for them. And they had a Bad Moms Christmas come out soon after. Um, And it's already outpacing that movie. So after 17 days, uh, Bad Moms was at 71 million and Hustlers is at 80 um, so it's doing a really good job, and it's very much poised to become the, hi- the highest uh, grossing movie for STX because, I mean, we've kind of seen it. Um, it looks like Jennifer Lopez is really going to campaign hard for that Best Supporting Actress nomination. Um, news broke that she's going to be performing at the Super Bowl, which is going to occur when Oscars voting is still open. So that's one of the biggest power plays I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, just throw throw aside kissing babies and just go host the halftime show of the Super Bowl, which is crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, this movie is going to stick around for quite some time in theaters. I mean, it's obviously 32% drop this week is just really great. It's hardly lo- left any theaters, only left 17 theaters this past week. Um, so yeah, compared with that, and Jennifer Lopez is going to keep this movie um on the forefront of our minds for quite some time. Uh, this is, I feel like this is only the beginning. We're going to see this movie just stick around for forever and kind of pepper in those seven and $6 million weekends and just do really well. I, I could see this movie even pushing 150 million uh, here in the U S uh, when you consider re-releases and everything in Oscar time. So yeah, this is, this is a really good start. I don't see this stopping anytime soon. Yeah. And it's already past the domestic total for the big short, um, which is until this point kind of been the biggest movie about the uh, stock market crash of 08. <laughs> um, so this is uh, arguably the greatest financial stock market movie of our time, uh, which nobody really <laughs> there you go. was before. <laughs> um, and then, so that's Hustlers. And we'll move on to it chapter two, which is again at the number four spot with a little over uh, 10.4 million. And I mean, it's making Decent money, only had a 38% drop, uh, which, you know, horror movies, you typically have really big drops in the beginning, um, and it Chapter 2 has faced that, but it's still pretty, stayed pretty steady. Um, it's not pulling quite the numbers that it, Chapter 1 did, but it is, it's more than made, made money and has been decently profitable. Yeah, and it's one really interesting thing to note here is we don't really have a big-time horror movie coming out in October, which is just very bizarre. I mean, we have we have Maleficent and Zombieland 2 coming out October 18th, but those aren't exactly what you would call like a classic horror movie in the vein of like a Conjuring or just a very fun scare thrill ride. Um, so there's really nothing like that. Uh, maybe The Lighthouse for us artsy fartsy people out there <laughs> will be something of interest. Uh, but yeah, it Chapter Two kind of has free reign in terms of horror movies for the entire month of October. Um, so as we kind of get into the, the scary time of year and people get more excited about horror and start watching more in general and Halloween comes, uh, it's, I think it chapter two is really going to stay around for quite some time. So yeah, it dropped really solidly 39%, uh, this past week, which is just great considering it's already, it's a, almost a three hour movie. Um, it's definitely not going to get close to the grosses of the first it movie. I mean, we've kind of talked about this very much a lot the uh, past few weeks, but yeah, I think the legs are going to be a lot stronger than we once thought of here because we, there's, there's just really no competition for this. I mean, you have maybe the Adams Family, which is kind of horror, but not but not really. It's a kids movie. It's just kind of 
silly and it has that little fun macabre little skin to it so yeah there's really nothing in its way so i could i'm they're just just like hustlers i imagine this movie is gonna probably just keep peppering those six to seven million dollar intakes for quite some time yeah i think on a much more scaled back sense of things we're gonna see this perform kind of similar to like a lion the lion king or aladdin just in the fact that it's just kind of consistently pulling in money um you know necessarily hear anything major about it after the first couple of weeks but it's it's always there lurking in the shadows just like pennywise <laughs> there you go um and i guess i don't really like either of those movies the lion king or aladdin or it chapter two but i feel like this is a lot more palatable to this to discuss year week over week because i'm still not over the fact that we had to talk about the lion king for like 10 weeks <laughs> just haunted my dreams <laughs> yeah I, I certainly don't see it staying in the top five as long but I think it'll be hanging around the top 10 for quite yeah, some time. Absolutely. I agree. And so with that, we'll move to the number five spot, which is at Astra, which pulled in a little over 10.1 million this weekend at the box office. And, you know, this wasn't something that was ever going to be a huge hit. Um, it was one of the big uh, question mark movies last week, just seeing where it would land with everything else at the box office it's currently sitting at about 89, a little over 89 million worldwide. And it's it seems to be a pretty divisive movie um, from what I've seen. You know, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really sincere, just heartfelt father-son story. And it, you know, isn't afraid to really get grim with its concept. But I know a lot of audience has, audiences haven't seen eye to eye on that. And I think just kind of that mixed reaction is what's slowing it down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Brett and I touched about touched on this um, last week. It's just a bummer of a movie. Like, there's just there's a little bit of um, there's a little tinge of hope there at the end of this, and I obviously won't get into spoilers there or anything like that there. But it's just kind of a bummer, and it's the sad pit memes and the sad Astra and Dad Astra just uh, tweets have just been all over the place. And yeah, it's it's just not. It's kind of an art house movie uh, made on an eighty million dollar budget. Uh, just really thoughtful and meditative. So um, I, I kind of saw this kind of iffy uh, start to the box office uh, happen. I, I saw that kind of from the start when they started the promotional material. But it's doing fine. Um, I mean, so if the, the the budget on this movie has been projected around $80 million-ish. Uh, so $89 um, it's made its production budget back. Obviously, marketing and promotional material and all that it definitely has a lot more to do um but it's not going to be this crazy uh bad <laughs> just disaster for fox um i'm sure disney isn't thrilled with it because we've seen them kind of be just be angry with fox and how their films have done since the merger went through uh, so this definitely won't help there and it's also kind of wrapped up in terms of its release around the world i mean we have a few coming up this week but they're not huge it's just as uh, countries like Italy, Russia, and Brazil um, kind of still waiting. Uh, even those have, I think, have already passed, if I'm, if I'm, if I can remember correctly. But yeah, I think this movie is probably gonna slow down. It'll might just trickle in a couple next, do decent money next week. It'll definitely be out of the top five. But uh, yeah, it's it's doing fine. Uh, I think this movie would have been. I think Brad Pitt especially would have been positioned for. Uh, Oscars with his lead performance in this movie if it was uh, just better received by the general public and made more money but uh, it looks like that won't happen it's 
it's doing fine, but it's really nothing to write home about in either in, in either negatively or positively. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of what it is <laughs> at this point. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, so we'll move on. And we did have one other uh, sort of wide release. Uh, so it was a limited wide release, and that was Judy, which is the Judy Garland biopic, uh, which, of course, is about Judy Garland, uh, played by Renee Zellweger. And it, this is another one that I've heard pretty mixed reviews. I'd say they've started to lean a little bit more to the negative side. Um, I'm still excited to see it because, I mean, Judy Garland's iconic, and, I mean, why not? <laughs> um, but it's it pulled in a little over $3 million this week and was only in about 460-ish theaters uh, domestically. So it's, it's certainly not um, going to be a huge opening, but as it expands, it might gross a little more. I just I don't see it being a huge success in any sense. Yeah, so... Out of all the movies in the top 10, it actually had the best uh, per screen average at a little over uh, $6,700 per screen. Uh, so it's doing well there. And I think, like you said, I think this movie will, it's not going to do incredible business, but it'll do pretty solid because it seems this is a very much like an Oscar baby, uh, Renee Zellweger, if I can speak, <laughs> for Best Actress Award. And it's they're going to push that hard there. And it seems like that's probably the only category it'll contend in uh, but they're going to um, they're going to try to keep this movie in theaters for quite some time and it's it's actually expanding into more theaters next week um, so this this kind of feels like a like a really good old person movie um, <laughs> it's not going to be from what i've heard it's not too r it's not too strong not too hard r or anything like that it's about a, it's a biopic about a beloved old hollywood uh, figure so just a lot of good comfortable feelings there um, like you said it kind of just sounds like it's one. It's the typical biopic, uh, like good impression, pretty average to below average movie. Um, so that doesn't really get me excited as well. But you know, it's it's definitely something to watch because it seems like Renee Zellweger is really um, pushing hard to get a nomination and maybe even a win. And for what it seems like in the trades and everyone kind of talking in and around Hollywood, it kind of seems like she's at the at the uh, at the front of the pack so far because it doesn't really look like the best actress. Uh, category is going to be too strong this year so i mean in that sense i think judy will be around for quite some time yeah i'd agree and i mean i completely agree with it being an older person movie um <laughs> the, the wizard of oz is a little dated um and, and so is judy garland um but i i think it's definitely going to hit with its target audience and i think that's what we're starting to see now and we'll see more of just as it continues to expand yeah, I agree there. And just one final note here. Uh, it kind of just confirms what our beliefs are. So 79% of people that went to see this movie on opening day were 35 year, uh, years old or older. So there you go. <laughs> this is the old person uh, Oscar Beatty kind of beginning of the Oscar season movie. So that's it's exactly what it is. <laughs> this is a movie for the elderly. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> they should put that on the poster. I'll still see it, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, so that kind of wraps up uh, what's going on this week but we are getting into some pretty dicey uh, couple of weeks pretty crowded couple of weeks um, and we've got a few films we want to talk about just in regard to that so we're we're going to start off with next week we have the highly anticipated or highly not anticipated joker depending on how you look at it 
Uh, we just wanted to kind of dive into some of the controversy surrounding it and just offer some opinions on on why this movie has been such a big deal, despite the fact that literally none of the world has seen it at this point. Um, but if you hop on Twitter, everyone has opinions about it, uh, which has been kind of exhausting, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's no doubt about that one. It is weird because we have touched on this. We've kind of been watching it for a few weeks now. I think Venice was kind of the Venice Film Festival was kind of like the big marker of this is going to turn into something in terms of a conversation point when it won the the Golden Lion and uh, Roman Polanski's movie came in second. It was just a very bizarre turn of events. Um, and ever since, it feels like it's kind of kicked into high gear. With, I mean, it's at one point you can understand it because it's. People are kind of talking about, hey, it's this gritty crime drama, and do we really need a movie about someone, an, an angry man, kind of taking it to the streets and kind of inciting violence? And but it's, it is kind of weird because we've talked about this many times, right? Like aside from a select hand, uh, like like handful of critics, no one else has seen this movie. Um, so I'm just, I've, it's it's kind of an, an it's frustrating to me because I would like to be able to talk see a movie and then talk about its merits or lack thereof afterwards but it, it kind of feels like we're already deciding how we feel about this movie before it comes out um and that's not to say that i think everyone's stupid or like oh like joker's gonna be the greatest thing ever that's just silly and i would sound like i'm one of the an incel on twitter <laughs> if i said that <laughs> um so it's just i would i just like would like to love to withhold uh, withhold judgment uh, until we actually see this, which will be next week. And then we can dive into it and really pick out what's on its mind. Yeah, and I think a big part of it is the fact that Joker is already pretty well known. Like, everyone kind of understands what's going to happen. Like, it's not going to be a huge twist um, when Arthur becomes the bad guy and, you know, starts destroying Gotham City. Um, but, but one thing that I've really noticed is just Todd Phillips, the director, has really just took a headfirst dive into the mess. Um, the, <laughs> the comment that keeps getting brought up is he's like, well, no one's talking about John Wick. Like, I mean, you and I have praised John Wick endlessly for <laughs> just every way he kills people in that movie. And and the thing that I don't think he really understands and, and what film Twitter sort of understands but also really doesn't understand is just the distinction between those two. So, like... When you go to see John Wick, the message isn't like, oh, this guy gets angry and decides to shoot people. It's like, no, this guy's an assassin, like he lives in the world, and he kills people because that's what he does. But with Joker, I think more of the issue is just the character itself. And you're like, yeah, society hurts this guy, so this guy's like, I'm going to destroy society. And I think it's just a little bit of a troubling message, even if the film is good or bad. Um, like, it's an odd message that's kind of being put out into the universe right now. And especially, you know, in America, that's kind of a hot button issue. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, just to add on there, it's yeah, John Wick is very, is very hyper stylized and you know, going in that it's not really a reflection at all of the real world. It's just kind of escapist, just shoot him up, just great stunt work, just very well produced and everything like that. Whereas, Joker, and it's it's really interesting because this movie, this is kind of one of the things that made me really fascinated in it. It's it's taking IP that we know and have loved before, and kind of putting a real world real world uh, tint on it, and kind of telling a really nihilistic story. And it 
form, it seems like the movie just kind of looks to have like a really bad view of society, which I think is somewhat interesting if done correctly. And we've kind of seen this done many times before. And I mean, a lot of the jumping off points for this movie are obviously Taxi Driver or King Comedy or any really dark, gritty crime drama of like the 70s and 80s. Um, so at that point, it's just... It's just a different beast. Um, I mean, yes, they're both R-rated. Um, that's kind of as far as the as the comparison should go, in my estimation. Um, so from that point, yeah, it's it's just a, it's just entirely different. I I really just do not see any type of just strong comparison point there. I I really agree. It's just Todd Phillips just isn't doing himself any favors there, and it kind of feels like he was trying to just set himself apart. I mean, we kind of He's come out before and said, um, like, comic book fans are going to be angry at this movie because we literally just didn't care about the source material and we just wanted to make our own movie. Um, so in that case, it's – and that's why – another reason why there's just so many more eyes in this movie because it's a comic book movie. And it's it's really funny. Like, I hate to get cynical on my own here, but uh, there's so many other of these just really dark and just really depressing cynical uh, crime movies that are released all the time. Um, that I'm sure film Twitter and people would freak out about if they went and saw them. But th this movie is obviously just going to have so many more eyes on it and it's going to make so much more money that um, it's just it's just a different beast entirely. So I'm, I'm really interested to kind of see what the overall um, discussion about this is because we've seen petitions to get people to not, to not release the film next week. I mean, which happens a lot, but it seems like it's kind of, it seems like it's kind of uh, up another level this time. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's just messy no matter where you look. Yeah. And my, my other favorite trend with Joker is the sudden obsession that all the, the Joker fans have for King of comedy, uh, <laughs> which was a complete flop back in the day, um, which doesn't really have anything to say with the quality of the movie. Just it's, um, actual impact and awareness of it and then literally as soon as todd phillips uh mentioned that hey this movie like kind of plays homage to king of comedy and this is why de niro's on board just dc twitter erupted with love for this movie they'd never seen or heard of until that moment yeah it's it's really funny how we see that happen right um but yeah it's hey hey king of comedy is probably one of my favorite movies i i freaking love that thing it's really awesome and i watch it from time to time, even though how, even though it's incredibly twisted, uh, but I feel like for a lot of us, that just kind of seems like like all right, dude, like cool, you're comparing your movie to one of the, like an all time classic, like like sweet, <laughs> like you, I see what you did there, um, but it's yeah, it's Joker is just kind of a weird thing. I I mean, as much as we're talking about it now, like I really want to hold off entirely until we've seen it and we can really dissect what it's saying and. Maybe it's not the worst. Maybe it's just kind of, who knows? Maybe it's just about one random dude who got angry. Um, maybe it doesn't have any bigger ramifications than that. I don't know. Um, it's just, it is really frustrating when we kind of see film Twitter and just Twitter in general or just in the news. We kind of see an, an outrage about this. Um, I, it's, <laughs> I don't think this would have happened maybe 10 years ago or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's, a, strange, it's a strange time we live in, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I'm definitely excited for it. Um, I, I will be there Thursday night, um, and I don't want to pass judgment on it till then, but it's just it's just a big movie to talk about um, at this point in time. Yeah, and it's it's going to be one of those things where 
I think it seems like Joaquin is probably the front runner at this point in the Oscar race. I mean, we are in September as we talk about this, so clearly that's subject to change. But it seems like this movie is going to be positioned very strongly uh, for the Oscar season. Warner Brothers is going to put a lot of money behind it. So, I mean, we'll see. This movie's going to be around for a while. And I just, I'm praying, crossing my fingers, that people just take it for what it is um, and talk about it from there. And if it has societal issues, we can talk about it in due course. But um, it's just, yeah, I'm feeling the train of just just slop of Twitter, tw- uh, Twitter, just hate and all this stuff hap- happening. Um, so next week we will have seen the film <laughs> and we will be able to comment further, but it's just, uh, it just, it is just very silly to see all this happening. Let's, let's all relax a little bit, guys. <laughs> I love all you. And I hope you let's keep to listen to this pod. Let's, let's relax. <laughs> yeah. So that is Joker. <laughs> Um, and we'll talk about a, another movie um, featuring Robert De Niro as well, um, which is The Irishman, uh, which is Scorsese's just monster budget Netflix film with uh, De Niro and Pacino and Joe Pesci. And they uh, recently pulled the runtime down from 210 minutes to 209 minutes. Uh, So that's been a a big deal this week, but it's also, it's getting a lot of buzz and it's just, it's an event. Um, I mean, like these collaborators are famous for working with each other um, independently. And now that literally all of Scorsese's people are there in one place, like it's, there's no way this movie, it wasn't going to be buzzy from the start. Yeah. So I want to do a little bit of a comparison here. So uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, we've talked about it many times. It should never be your barometer of what's, good or not um it's a fun tool to use but it's never should be the end all be all but right now uh the irishman's sitting at 100 percent after 43 re- reviews um, which doesn't mean a lot but i like to look at when i use rotten tomatoes i like to use the average rating which is what the, the average critic rates it and so at all critics it's it's at an 8.97 uh com- and i want to compare that to goodfellas which is sitting at a nine out of ten on, on the on the tomato meter and for with top critics it's uh eight eight point five eight uh for the irishman and it's eight point five three for goodfellas so um we're still very early in this process but this is really good buzz uh for this movie and this is kind of exactly what netflix needed um, i f- i feel like we've kind of we kind of penned this movie as kind of like the, the biggest high variance uh play of the year like with all the de-aging technology used in this and just the ballooning budget. And Netflix has a pretty spotty track record with what the, with their original films. So we, we were, I think we were all just very curious, but we were not diving uh, headfirst into the deep end of this movie. Uh, but it seems like now it's okay to do that. hundred um, percent is just a really solid. And I think, Obviously, that's not the end all be all, as I mentioned before, but it does point to a lot of just great stuff in there. And it seems like everyone is praising Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa, which is just it just warms my heart. <laughs> it's just really cool to see these aging stars have a, lot, a really just meaty role to work with and and just show everyone how great they are still when they give them the opportunity. And everyone kind of says says the same thing for Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci as well. So. This is just, this just gets me excited. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun little inch, uh, experiment as well. Cause it's, 
obviously 209 minutes uh so it'll kind of it's on netflix so i wonder if you can if it's divided up at all and you can kind of and that maybe in the chapters and you can kind of play it as like a little mini series um it's it'll be i think this is a really fascinating experiment for netflix and i'm really interested to see how the academy takes it because they've obviously with roma last year and the whole green book thing they are not one to praise netflix when the opportunity strikes so it's it's very very fascinating yeah um, I definitely agree, and it's it's just an insane cast. So, I mean, besides the big three, you've got uh, Bobby Cannavale, Harvey Keitel's in it, uh, Anna Paquin's in it, Ray Romano is in it, Jesse Plemons. Like, it's just a completely loaded cast overall. Um, and I, like, I cannot wait just to see all of them playing off each other in action. Yeah, I, it's just so cool just every time Scorsese comes out with a movie now because, I mean... It's getting up there. You don't know when when he's going to stop or when he decides to take a break or whatever. So it's really cool. And I, I loved Silence, when it, which came out a few years ago, his last movie, which is is very much long in development movie, which went through a lot of troubles. And it's But it's kind of the same thing as The Irishman, where it's, it was just in the works for so, so long. It had a lot of stops and starts. But it seems like both movies are turning out very solidly. Um, Silence was one of my favorite movies of 2016. And... I'm hoping this is the same. Like again, uh, I don't want to. I'm not going to jump to conclusions because I'm not going to be a hypocrite with our Joker conversation. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to see what happens when this movie comes out. But really interesting signs, and I can't. I really just can't wait to see some of our greats get another stab at it. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, it is definitely one to watch, and I mean, it's it's a great way to uh, wrap up a busy month because um, it releases first day of November, I believe, on Netflix. Um, and it wraps up what is looking to be a pretty crowded October. So, I mean, we have Joker next week. We've got the Adams family and Zombieland and uh, Jojo Rabbit and just all these movies that are really going to be hitting here one after the other in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think I believe that's the November 1st date is the start of its theatrical run. And then I think it goes to Netflix a few weeks after. But, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's. It's really we're we're starting. It is September, and I, maybe sometimes it feels like it's a little premature to start talking about Oscar things. But we're about to hit a gauntlet of movies, and just things will come out every single week with hopefuls, and some will some will flop hard, some will kind of rise to the occasion, some will just kind of be sleepers and hang around for a while. Um, so yeah, it's November is going to be really big time too, and week after that is. Um, Another big time Netflix movie, uh, Marriage Story, uh, which is pri- is primed to also be a really big uh, hit for Oscar season. We have Ford v Ferrari in there and um, Arctic Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the big time is the big the big time movie of the fall season, which should be great. Really looking forward to that one. The Jerry the Renaissance uh, continues. His app flopped, but we have Arctic Dogs now. Uh, can't wait for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, in, in all seriousness, this movie this is gonna. This is when movies get really fun, and I can't wait because we're gonna have a lot to talk about every single week. It's gonna be really cool. Yeah, like we're we're getting into just a bunch of packed <laughs> um, uh, weekends, which is great. Lots to see, lots to do, and we'll be here talking about it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Movie Babble Podcast. Again, you can always check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. 